At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, here with Ron Hicks. And we're going to talk about a continuation of last week's program, the year in review, and then also some challenges that uh, we're going to be facing in 2021. Mm -hmm. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. It's always fun. You know, we ran out of time at that last program, the year in review, where Mm -hmm. we covered the highlights Mm -hmm. of 2020. And low lights. (laughs) Yeah, low lights, the deaths of famous people. uh But, you know, one of the things that we didn't get to was... uh, uh, really this idea that humans are basically good, that we're inherently good. Um, and yet all the news that we covered. You know why we didn't get into that? Yeah. Because that's we, not true. We didn't. Okay. That's right. <laughs> that's I want you to address that. Because yes. look, there's this, I, and okay, so my daughter and I were watching this movie the other night uh-huh. called Secondhand Lions. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I have. Good movie. Yes. Um, Robert uh-huh. Duvall, Michael uh-huh. Caine. There's a kid, old brothers, uh-huh. old brothers. They got a Excellent lot of money, uh-huh. but uh, the mom of this young boy drops off the boy to live with the uncles. Uh-huh. And um, at one of the points in the movie, the uncles giving the boy a speech, how to be a man. Right. And there's a lot of good things there in is. there. You know, be courageous, mm-hmm. be honest, mm-hmm. stand up for what's right. One of the things he said in the speech, and this is Robert Duvall giving it, great actor, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. He says, you know. Part of this is the belief that basically everybody's good. And I just wanted to say, no, you're not. And this is right, right. after he beat up the, you know, there were the some teenagers, yeah, yeah, yeah. some teenager, yeah. you know, that wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. rough them up. And, I've only ever loved one woman. And I've, I've seen the, yeah, the headwaters. Yeah, you remember the, it. Oh, absolutely. One of the greatest speeches of any movie. Yeah. And, and I, I think. I think what people mean is there's good in everybody mm-hmm. in that, you know, even like the expression, even a blind pig will find an acorn. Every once in a while we do something that's good, but inherently the scriptures say we're evil because we, we, we're fallen. We have a, we have a sin nature. Um, and, and an easy experiment is take a bunch of two-year-olds, put them all in one room and give them one toy. You don't have to teach them how to hit each other in the head with that toy to be able to get. I mean, a, 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 a newborn baby realizes if I scream at the top of my lungs, I get what I want. Uh, they, you know, so it's, so, it's around the adult. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of giggling across the table from you. But the adult version of this is when there's like the toy of the year at Christmas time. Yes. And they line up outside the big box yes. store for hours and hours. Yes. And then as soon as those Find doors fling open. They race trample. to that aisle where the toy is, and they trample each yes. other. I killed and then they somebody, fight. son, for this tickle me Elmo yeah, for yeah. you. That's how much I love really? you. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah. So, so you're evil. seeing you're seeing that uh, inherent uh, the evil come out. I guess absolutely. Um, absolutely. The Left script- to our own desires. I mean, how many times have you somebody's cut you off in traffic? Um, and, and, and we lose our temper at somebody and we think to ourselves, wait a minute, I don't even know this person. I don't yeah. know what's going on in their life. You know? Yeah. We, yeah. we, it doesn't take long for us to be able to reflect in our own lives. Hey, we're, we're pretty twisted. We, we are. Scripture says that the heart is deceitful and desperately mm-hmm. wicked. That's what the psalmist says. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're born into sin yeah. is what, uh, what scripture tells yes. us when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. 
they uh, tainted all of the generations that came after them. We're born into sin. We live in a fallen world. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're the worst all the time that we can be, uh, because we can act rightly. Um, mm-hmm. But at a very deep level, at a fundamental level, our hearts are twisted. They Absolutely. are tainted. And to unpack that just a little bit further, just so if a listener who doesn't understand the the you know theology of 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 the fall. The, the sin nature was passed down. So, so Richard, you have the sin nature, I have the sin nature, but I, I'm not going to be held accountable for Adam's sin. I'm going to yeah. be held accountable for That's my right. own. That's right. I'm not going to be held accountable for yours and you're not, not for me. But mm-hmm. so, so we have this sin nature and, and we're not able to overcome it. So, so we, we are guilty of our own sin. So that's why each and every one of us need to be able to confess Jesus Christ as our savior to ask forgiveness for that sin, because I'll only be held accountable for mine even though the nature, the sin nature has been passed down to me, I have not yet been able to overcome that sin nature, so I, I sin. But as a blood-bought, born-again believer, when God the Father looks at me, he does not see a sinner. He sees the righteousness of Christ. Right. When I look in a mirror, I see a sinner. When you look at me, you see yeah. a sinner. Yeah. But when God the Father looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ because that's been covered. It's covering us like a cloak. And so all he sees is the righteousness of Christ. And that righteousness and the Holy Spirit is continuing to be able to sanctify us and to be able to help us to become more and more holy. We're not perfect, but by the grace of God, I am who I am, you know, not who I used to be. That's right. So your old you, you were chained to sin. You had a tendency to do what was wrong. Whatever. Yeah, that's just who you were. Whatever made you feel good, yeah. whatever pleased you at the moment, yeah. you were the center of the universe, yeah. right? Ron Hicks was. Sure. But when Christ comes into your life, you're no longer the center. He is. And you know, Richard, I thought back then I had freedom. Mm-hmm. I struggled with alcohol. I've told you this story yeah. before. I did not have the freedom to say during that time, no, thank you. I don't want to drink. I was bound in that sin. I was overcome yeah. by that yeah. sin. Now, guess yeah. what? I could drink if I wanted to. Yeah. I have true freedom now. I just choose not to, but yeah. God wouldn't strike me dead if I went out and had a beer or something like that now. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't because I, you know, I don't want to risk that again. But back then I thought I had freedom yeah. and I had none. I was yeah. chained to sin. Now I truly do have freedom. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial is what the scriptures say. And now I understand that. Back then That's I didn't. That's right. That's right. So he freed you from your sin nature. You're no longer chained. You're no longer bound. That's no longer your predilection to alcohol or whatever it was. And we know each other's stories pretty good. Yes. And, and, uh, and he continues so some... to free me because, because I'm not completely been delivered. He continues to free me yeah. each and every day as I, as I grow in, in holiness. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess so the reason why I wanted to spend some time yeah, on yeah. this about people, are they basically good? Are they basically evil? Because when we did the year in review, we talked about all this bad stuff that happened, mm-hmm. you know, Ghislaine mm-hmm. Maxwell and, and uh, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein and mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of crazy, you know, mm-hmm. things that were just evil, mm-hmm. plainly evil. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, no, they, I never do that. Well, you know what? We all have the potential. Every single one of us have the potential for great evil. And perhaps it's God's grace that we don't all give in to great yeah. evil. But we all do some level of evil, and when I use that term, I'm talking about rebellion against our Creator. We either lie, we cheat, we steal, uh, adultery or lustful thoughts, whatever the sin might be, uh, we've all rebelled against our Creator. Mm -hmm. And the wages for that, the consequences of that is punishment. It's judgment from God and it's punishment. Mm -hmm. But the good news is that Christ (laughs) Christ has given us his life, his life for ours. 
uh, our sin that he's taken on himself so that we don't have to be separated from God for all eternity. Mm-hmm. That is good news. It is. It's a gift, and it's a, it's a tremendous gift. It came at great cost, though. Sure. This was not a, a cost-free gift. Mm-hmm. Jesus came down. This is God himself. Mm-hmm. Came down and lived a perfect, sinless life. And he died that perfect death so that we could be reconciled to God the Father. Well, and, and a lot of times people wonder why God had to put on flesh and blood and die. Well, it shows the consistency of God. God said there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. He said there is, you know, the penalty for sin is death. And so instead of God saying, ah, never mind, I'm going to take that restriction away, he said, I'm going to put on flesh and blood, step down in it through eternity because I could see your need for a Savior. And it says, and for the joy set before him, so it was his joy to be able to come and fulfill yeah. his own words. Mm-hmm. I will die in their place because the penalty for sin is death. I will take their sins upon myself, a sinless lamb, as if I committed them. So I will die for their sins. I will shed my blood for the forgiveness of sins. So he fulfilled his word. He didn't change it. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he, you know, the political opinions or the political party or, or culture doesn't dictate God. God is consistent. And he says, if I said it, I, I mean it, and I, I'll fulfill it myself if I need to. And he did. Very good. Hey, Ron, we're going to take a quick break here. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matter. I'm Hi, Richard, Richard Nelson, Nelson and here we'll with be back in just Policy a moment. Center. It's clear that the news media isn't always fair. In fact, there's lots of far-left bias and political gamesmanship. No surprise there. So if you're looking for a perspective that's grounded in the truth of Scripture and our nation's founding principles, then get plugged into CPC's resources. Sign up for our e-newsletter at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at CPC for Kentucky. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, here with Ron Hicks. And we were talking about, is man basically good? And I think we came to the conclusion biblically <laughs> no. that the answer is no. no. And uh, yeah, I want to just add one more word to this before we go to the next topic. I'm as close to you so, can get. It's good, so Richard. Got, but <laughs> yeah, well, oh, brother, you There's need to repent. You just need, yeah. What is that part of your book? Uh, yeah, humility he, and how I conquered it, my yeah. pastor Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. So, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I've gotten into debates with people about this topic, which just is pretty hard. But might be somewhat hard to talk if you got somebody who's basically been good and behaved themselves, right? Well, I've been. I'm not a mass murderer, and I'm not a whatever. You know. Uh, but isn't that but, you, you? You just pointed out when somebody says I'm basically good, they think in their mind of the worst people that they could think of, right. and they think, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm not that, therefore I must be good." Here's how I we heard never it. compare ourselves to people that are better; it's always worse. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It makes sure. us feel better yeah. when you point to people who are. You much never pick worse on somebody off. bigger than you are. That's either, right. You know? <laughs> so uh, a, a wise person once said, "Well, if you think that you're basically good, would you consent to having all of your thoughts that you've had in the last 24 hours put up on a video projector Probably. for right. everybody to see?" Mm-hmm. And that just that stuck with me like, wow, mm-hmm. no, because we know that evil thoughts come in and out. And, How about and it's not just, just us, by the way. Sure. You know, the Apostle Paul yeah. said that when I am there to do good, evil is right there beside right me. There. Uh, you know, so this is something that we fight with. Even those who are believers, followers of Jesus struggle with this. Well, and sometimes people who have, uh, uh, you know, have, have fallen victim to um, abortion, they made abortion decisions um, and, and it's public, they, they, it's almost like they wear that scarlet uh, letter 
Mm-hmm. Um, people who have uh, committed adultery and things, and and th- that sin is public, and a lot of people know it. What if what if every time you walked into the church, you had to take one of those name tags and write the sin down on there that you struggle yeah. with, and everybody put it. You know, if you did that, what would happen is everybody would walk around covering their own sin, and they wouldn't want to look at anybody else's sin because to do that would allow the yeah. other person. So if we just all wrote our sin down on a name tag, we might be a little bit more forgiving of each other yeah. because. We we think our sins are secret, but God knows every one of them, doesn't He? Some so, of us would have yeah. a whole lot of name tags. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you yeah. know, if we if you look <laughs> at your thought life, yeah, <laughs> 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 I'll just leave that alone. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, 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 I won't. But yeah. the truth is, is we're all sinners. We yeah. all struggle with things. Yeah. And it's by God's grace that we can overcome that. He's freed us from that. Yeah. And that's the good news of the gospel. Ron, yeah. Ron I want to pivot over to something else. Yeah, speaking of battling, we've got a battle going on right now uh, in our in our political arena, don't we? We do regarding COVID. Uh-huh. Uh, there's been a battle throughout all of 2020 as far as how far the government could go to protect us. Uh-huh. Of course, there have been shutdown of businesses, shutdowns of schools, even for a while churches were mm-hmm. shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's a question of should health departments be allowed to force vaccinations? Do you know that in Kentucky, during a time of pandemic, local health departments have the authority to require an entire population to get vaccinated? I did not know that. It's a, a state law, and this probably goes back to 1918 mm-hmm. when we had the mm-hmm. Spanish flu. Uh, this is a law that's on the books, and it can be enforced during a state of emergency when there's a pandemic that sweeps the land. Because of preserving the public health, the government can force vaccinations. Now, a state legislator from northern Kentucky is introducing a bill that would say, no, you should not force a vaccination. If an individual wants to be vaccinated, that's up to them. Uh, If if the government shouldn't shouldn't force that. So in Spain, here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Let's look across the big pond to Spain. And right now, the Spanish government is creating a registry of people who refuse to get the COVID vaccination. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why there's a legislator, Savannah Maddox, that actually has this bill. She's a state house member from northern Kentucky. She does not want the government to have registries, nor nor does she want people to be forced to uh to be vaccinated well this is one of those things where you can say okay i kind of get while they're why they're doing that but at the same time it makes you go hmm should they be doing that so i uh, you can kind of understand it but uh you condone it you know the whole idea of forcing somebody into a medical decision um um oh man i mean so so as far as so as far as a register so let's just talk about the disease though i mean we know that people 50 and younger are doing pretty well with yeah. the recovery rates. I understand that it's higher than with the common flu. Uh, well, here in Kentucky, here in our area, so far only 2% of the population at any, at any given time has tested positive, and of that 2% of the population, only 2% have actually perished from it. So 2% of 2% uh, of the people I think in it's our 0.02%. Is it 0.0? I think it's 0.02, because okay. okay. with the common flu, the death rate is 0.01%. Okay. And they were talking about COVID being a full 1% mortality rate. Okay. The COVID rate mortality is about 0.2 to 0.3. It's okay. closer to 0.2, point, I'm sorry, 0.02%. Okay. Percent. okay. Two-tenths of 1% wow. is what the mortality rate okay. is. And this is leading to a whole other debate of, well, was this serious enough for us to shut everything down? 
And that's something- I've heard people say in 15, 20 years, a television commercial is going to be, were you forced to take the COVID virus back in 2020? You know, class uh, action lawsuit yeah, with exa- some exactly. litigation attorneys. You know, uh, asbestos, you know, fill in, fill in, <laughs> you know, the blank here. So who knows? So my thinking on this, Ron, is that that is an individual decision that they yeah. should make. Now, here's the thing. If they believe that you're – so nursing homes are vulnerable to this. Absolutely. Elderly are very vulnerable Mm -hmm. to this. So Mm -hmm. I do believe that a nursing home with the goal of protecting its residents can say you can't come in unless you have a vaccination. Well, it's curious, though, because we've got a young man uh, in our church, and one of the things that he said is, will churches say that? Will churches say, you've got to be able to bring your shot records in and say you can't come in here unless you've had a vaccine? And so uh, can stores do that? And and if so, then even though it's not legislated um, that you have to have it, then society could ostracize you and and businesses and and even private entities could say you cannot come in unless you prove to us that you've had this vaccine. But don't you think that's where the decision should be made well, at the uh, local yeah, level, yeah. the church level, the business level, the nursing home level? Wouldn't that uh, yeah, be the place uh, yeah, to I, make I, it yes, instead I, of a government mandate? Uh, yes, I do. I do. I, I do. I do think that. I think the fear from some people is to is you know somebody standing at the door and saying, uh, "Reveal to me your medical information." You know, is doesn't weren't the HIPAA laws, in fact, created to be able to allow you to say my medical information is private. Yes, so that's right. so it, it does open a huge can of worms, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah. Ron, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a big can of worms, mm-hmm. bigger than what I want to get into mm-hmm. uh, or that we have time for. But let's, uh, I'll tell you Growing what, we're, up as a child, we're getting close to a break here. Let's take a break and we'll come back. Who was your source of strength? Who held you in the darkest situations and became your beacon of light? Most of us will recall the love of our parents, our grandparents, our family. But the harsh reality today is that there are many who face the dark places of life totally alone. Since 1869, the mission and the ministry of Sunrise Children's Services has been to help children in crisis. That need grows every day in Kentucky. Everyone with a passion for children can join us in giving hope to children in need. To learn more, just visit sunrise.org or call 1-800-456-1386. Matthew 25:40 tells us, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Now's the time to be a child's source of strength. Come help us at Sunrise Children's Services. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Ron Hicks, and uh, we just closed a big can of worms talking about forced vaccinations in the last segment. I want to go to another can of worms, okay. from right. one can to another. Okay. Uh, the Republicans uh, in Congress. <laughs> That's a can of worms. Pl- planning to, yeah, anybody in Congress, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they're planning to fight the election results on January the 6th. So we've had this, uh, and I don't think we've done a program uh-huh. on the uh, charges of fraud, no. election fraud. I, I have followed this as closely as I, as I can and read quite a bit. Uh, you know, there, there've been a number of allegations of fraud. And I think one thing to, cons- to talk about or to consider is that 
in any election, you're going to have jokers that are going to try to of be course. fraudulent. Of course. They're going to try to cast votes that they shouldn't. Even they governments might. that try to interfere and, and as technology advances, then then more and more opportunities. So uh, we, we've heard about this sort of stuff forever. And, and in fact, candidates disputing. Uh, remember when um, uh, then-presidential candidate Al Gore uh, took to the Supreme Court and tried to fight and have uh, votes uh, added yeah. from Florida yeah. and and having people arbitrarily try to discern the will of a, of a voter to be yeah. able to say, did he really mean to vote this way or that way? Yeah. And so this isn't this isn't anything that's going that's on that's unprecedented. It just yeah. depends on what party's in power. One, um, one of the big uh, controversies is this electronic voting system, Dominion. Yeah. Uh, has voting software that people are alleging that it switched votes, it changed votes. And uh, I've heard some very interesting things. Um, The evidence, though, when it's been presented in court, hasn't uh, turned up. Uh, There's actually five different states Mm -hmm. where the battleground states. And even in the United States Supreme Court, uh, which is stacked with uh, Trump appointees, really, with people who can be considered conservative, have said there does not seem to be enough evidence to be able to overturn the the election. Um, And and I think 80 percent right now of Republicans – Think that it was rigged, and, and like twenty percent of Democrats didn't think it was done, you know, according to standards. But um, and so you've got you've got a huge part of the population, about half the United States, who says I don't agree with what it is that our country's doing. And so when you had half of a group of people that are on one side of an issue and the other half on the other, that's that's a recipe well, for disaster. Well, this, is, this isn't just agreeing with what they're doing. This is the validity of the election. Oh yeah, this yeah. is faith in the process. Yeah, and. I, this is we don't really have enough time to unpack all this, but just a couple of observations. Yeah. One is President Trump announced months before the election. He said they're trying to steal the election. It's rigged. Now, that's problematic when there was no evidence at that time right. that they're trying to rig or steal an he election. He said all kind of crazy things <laughs> as an EM, uh, over the four years. Right. Yeah. But go ahead. But that's problem. That, so that sticks in the minds of a lot of his mm-hmm. strong supporters. Uh, another thing to consider, though, is just anecdotally. Republicans did very, very well in congressional Mm -hmm. races. They picked up at least a dozen seats. They held the Senate. Now, there's two runoff races in Georgia. But if this thing was going to be rigged, don't you think that Democrats would want to rig everything across the board? Yeah, well, because uh, a Democratic Republic, uh, excuse me, a Democratic president, if the if if both sides of the aisle aren't also, I mean, if if both houses aren't Democrat, then then you're you're kind of stymied anyway. So you got to it's an all or nothing sort of a thing. If you want to push an agenda, you've got to have you got to have everything. Here's here's a big uh, big thing to consider that in every one of these battleground states, the Trump legal team has made their case, but they've not brought the evidence. They've not brought facts. And in many cases, these were conservative judges that they were arguing before. Mm-hmm. The one in Pennsylvania was a conservative Trump appointee. Yeah. I was gonna uh, say but they Trump, didn't yeah. see, they did not have the evidence. They didn't have the facts. And that's where we try to determine what's right or wrong or the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. And people aren't really listening to what, what happened in court, but you right. know what they're listening to? Talk show hosts. Yeah, they're listening to opinion makers, mm-hmm. people who are yelling outrage. I on the way to the program today, I listened to a show where there was somebody. I really wanted to hear their perspective, but they were just it was sound bites. It was some outrage. I wanted to hear the facts. What what really happened here? 
Remember the show Dragnet when you and I were I kids? I did. I Just the facts, it. ma'am. Just the facts. And the, no, that's what courts do. They, they remove public opinion, and it's like, okay, you have to present facts. And if there are no facts, we live in a society where you're innocent until proven guilty. So if you cannot prove massive corruption, yeah. because think about it. If, in fact, there was a systematic corrupt, uh, 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 corruption throughout the United States, to be able to stuff ballot boxes and all the rest of that, you're talking about treasonous acts. That's right. You're talking about, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, and some people's like, yes, that's exactly what happened. And I was like, okay, if that's what happened, then there's going to be somebody that tells, that's right. That's right. and all of this house of cards is going to fall. It hasn't happened yet. That's right. So until it happens, we've got to go with the idea of all these court cases. Everybody's saying that, it, you know, there's not enough evidence. So well, uh, we've got about two minutes uh, until we close good. out the program. Yeah, so here, here's my theory. I think that uh, one of the reasons why there isn't believability in the election results uh, is because we live in a post-truth age. Ooh, we live in a post-truth age Unpack where facts um, and objective reality is trumped by somebody's strong emotions. Now, we've talked about post-truth as how it applies to the liberal side of the mm-hmm, spectrum, mm-hmm. Spe- especially with gender ideology. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you really believe you're a woman... Um, trapped in a man's body. Your truth says that I, I need to express myself as a woman. Well, here's post-truth. Well, and, and your truth, you have to accept my truth. That, that's that's right. what post-truth is. Yeah, yeah, here's so. post-truth applied to politics. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing those who really, really believe that Trump won, really, really believe that the system is corrupt, really believe that Democrats stole the election. Therefore, Trump won. Hmm. I don't have to have the facts. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing little anecdotes. I'm hearing bits mm-hmm. and pieces. And guess what? There are there's truth in little bits and Absolutely, pieces. Absolutely, sure. But get to the heart of it. Listen to the whole story. Uh, as Paul Harvey would say, what's the rest yeah, of the, the story? Rest of the story right. When you dig down deep, there is there is there was some corruption, and they f- did catch some. They mm-hmm. did find mistakes, mm-hmm. but they did not find widespread corruption that would have overturned the election results. But this is the result of being in a post-truth age. Mm-hmm. I really, really feel strong that the Democrats are corrupt and that they rigged the election, and doggone it, Biden's not my president. That's, and, what well, that's yeah. what's being said. And because I feel this way, it, it therefore my— Well, in, in a, it, listen, Richard, the, the same thing happens in religion, too, is if you don't feel something when you come to a church service, well, then the spirit must not have been there. Or if you don't feel something, it's not really religious, not a religious experience. Our, yeah. our, our religion yeah. and our life is based on fact, yeah. not feeling. That's That's a really good point for us to close on. We've got just a minute here. But uh, I want us to close on how should Christians, 30 seconds, Ron, how should we respond when you have things that are untruthful, where emotion is overtaking facts and overtaking the truth of the matter? What's the Christian response? I will tell you that, and it, it'll be in a story. We had a gentleman who was in his 90s, used to be in my Sunday school classes, if I could teach this guy anything. He was a missionary to uh, Native, uh, uh, yeah, Native Americans out in Oklahoma. And one time he said to me, he said, Brother Ron, I'm so glad that my faith isn't based on my feelings. He said, because, you know, sometimes I feel like smacking somebody. <laughs> and he said, and if feelings were right, then it wouldn't be illegal to smack somebody. Yeah. And he said, but the fact of the matter is, I can't do things. I can't cross certain lines just because I feel like doing that. And so, and so you said, you know, there are times where because of despair, because of anguish, because of pain, because of all kinds of things, I don't feel like God is as close as he's been. But guess what? 
Whether I feel it or not, he is. He says, Amen. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's a fact. That's a good word. And so, so objective facts trump somebody's feelings. Yeah. Reality and the truth yes. object, uh, r- really overcomes or overtakes somebody's you know, subjective feelings. I weigh 240 so, pounds because I always feel hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is so I'm not always hungry. you can pretend you're 180 with a 34 uh, waist, yes, but that's not the absolutely. truth. Absolutely, but the fact is I'm not always hungry. It's yeah. a McGlutton. No, that's good. <laughs> Ron, that's good. Hey, we are out of time, brother. Good to, good God to do the bless program you. With Thank you, you listeners. Yeah, Thanks for hanging with us. God bless you.